And I think being a mom of two younger daughters, it like, it, it's that much more important to me and that much more powerful for me to be able to like spread this awareness and create this message and have my girls grow up in a space that they can just learn to appreciate their bodies. And so my biggest message out there is just that, I mean, of course, body inclusivity, right? Every shape and size is beautiful. Um, but I really, my focus is that women with smaller breasts are sexy and feminine and beautiful and all of those things and, and having them embrace their bodies in their true form and knowing that, again, all shapes and sizes are beautiful. And I think in the generation that I grew up in, um, you know, you had a lot of that, I don't want to use names, but Victoria's Secret marketing and just those mm -hmm. images of what beautiful and sexy is supposed to look like. And I'm just thrilled that I'm going to be able to create a space and just such a positive message for my girls as they grow up. And obviously to all the women who are out there now. What gets us through this crazy hockey journey is our amazing community of women. Inspired by our online network, Breaking the Ice is a platform created to connect us even more as we share our stories, our passions, our tips, tricks, do's and don'ts for all things hockey, and so much more. For hockey expats, by hockey expats. So lace them up and tune in for a new episode every Wednesday. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I cannot believe another week has already flown by. I feel like these weeks are just flying by and blending all together. Last week I had more than a season podcast, Ashley and Brittany on, and they kind of took us outside of the hockey world for a week and into the world of football. And I asked them all of the questions I could think of about their life and how it is for them being a significant other of a football coach. And so that was super interesting. And I have come to learn that throughout all of the different sports industries, we're a lot more similar than we think to other sports significant others. Um, so it was just a very interesting episode. If you're listening today on Wednesday, when this episode comes out, after you listen, you'll want to head over to Apple Podcast and listen to More Than a Season podcast because we did a pod swap and I'm on their podcast. It's funny being on the other side of it because I feel nervous for it to come out, even though I know it will be great. But now I know how my guests feel after they record. It was funny. I was just thinking to myself, was I talking too much? Was I making any sense? But... It'll be a great episode. We recorded it about, I want to say a month ago. So I was still in Austria at the time. And then the following day, so on Thursday, I'm taking over their Instagram account. So April 1st, I will be taking over more than a season Instagram account. So you'll want to check that out. I am just going to kind of show you a look into my life and it'll be a lot of fun. I'm excited to connect with their audience as well as have you guys follow along. I was sharing a little bit about what's going on with me right now and my experience with my son. I am sleep training and I kind of hit a wall because when we flew back, he had jet lag for sure. And it, I think it was like the timing of a few different things. So it was the jet lag. He also was four months. So I felt like he was having his four month sleep regression and he was also teething. And so it was a very lovely combination of three different things. And he was waking up five times a night. I was super fortunate when he was two months old, he was sleeping 
for about a month and a half, 11 hours a night. So going from that to waking up five times a night, I just was feeling frustrated and feeling like I couldn't be the best mom that I could be. And so I know that sleep training is not for everyone, but it's a decision that my husband and I made that we wanted to do for us to be better parents and just for him to get better sleep because when he doesn't sleep as well, obviously as any mom would know that, you know, they're not going to be as happy and content throughout the day. So actually ever since we started sleep training, he's been sleeping really great and he's been feeling really great and he's been really happy and content and he's taking longer naps. And so it's been a really good experience so far. And then last night he actually slept through the night. He woke up at six o'clock which is always a great feeling. So I'm hoping that this sticks and I'm just really happy we did it. If you have questions, let me know. And I'm going to also be having a sleep consultant who's also a hockey wife on the podcast in the near future. So stay tuned for that. And I'll definitely put a poll up if you guys have any questions. Um, A little bit of just housekeeping. I announced this on my Instagram page. There are so many exciting things coming. I have a website coming. The retreat's going to be announced soon. Workshops, a shop, all of these exciting things for our community. And kind of my mission with this is my, my original goal was to start a podcast because I felt like I wanted to bridge this gap of having to move every year, meet new friends, make new teams. I wanted to make it a little bit easier for people to connect and for people to just tune in and hear everyone's stories. But I wanted to, you know, take it a little bit further because I feel like we've kind of bonded as a community this year and just expand on it even more. And so I am going to be launching a membership program, which is still in the works. I'm working on it. I want to give you guys the most valuable experience possible that makes you want to become a member, makes you want to be a part of this community even more. It's going to be amazing. I'm so excited for it. And also, I'm so freaking pumped, you guys, for this retreat. You guys are going to freak out about the location. It's going to be really great for everyone. It's going to be accessible for everyone. And it was one of the most highly requested locations when I put up these polls. So, Stay tuned for that. I cannot wait to share it with you guys and just see your reaction. And then shortly after that, early bird pricing will go out. So the first people that are going to be notified of this retreat are going to be people that are subscribed to the newsletter. And the newsletter is in the link in my bio. So if you have not subscribed to that yet, just go ahead and head to that, sign up with your email, and you guys will be the first ones to hear when the retreat actually comes out. So it'll be coming out really, really soon. Moving on to the episode today, I had Megan Smith joining me on the podcast. Megan's husband, Trevor Smith, has played in the NHL and the AHL. He had a really long career. I believe it was 13 years. They headed over to Switzerland for a year where she had her daughter. So she talks a little bit about what her experience was like over there. We also chat just kind of about how she's a really career-driven person and how there was times where she struggled with balancing her career as well as hockey life and, you know, trying to decide between being with the person that she loved and her career, which as we know is a really tough decision for us. She also shared with me her experience about breast implant illness. And this is something, honestly, you guys, I'm going to admit it, I knew nothing about. So I was excited to learn about this and see, you know, what causes it, what the symptoms were and what her whole journey was like through this. So, you know, I don't want to spill the deets about what her experience was like. So you'll have to listen to the episode for that. 
And through her experience with this, she wound up creating her brand, which is launching in 2021. She does a beautiful job of explaining her brand, Love Lexi, and what it is all about. It's launching in 2021, so stay tuned, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to chat with you, learn about you, your hockey story, your health journey, and everything that you are working on right now. So welcome. Thanks, Devin. It's great to be on. Thanks for having me. Of course. So I know that you've listened to the podcast before, and I usually like to start off just hearing a little bit about your hockey story, your journey, and what that has looked like through your eyes. Yeah. I mean, I could probably spend three days just like going through, which I'm sure many of us can relate just the adventures. Um, we've been in, lived in 23 zip codes in 12 years. Um, but I'll start way back where it all began at UNH, which is where I met my husband. We met in class. Um, I was studying business then and the timing worked out well as I was graduating, he had signed and, um, you know, we really, we, bounced from city to city, um, between AHL and NHL. So anyone who can relate to that with the call-ups and send downs, um, you know, it was very, you're always on eggshells. You never know what tomorrow is going to bring, but we, you know, we went through a couple trades. We've been through some trades. Um, and then I actually, we spent one year in Bern, Switzerland. My husband had had many years under his belt. And so he, you know, we wanted to try something different. And so I actually flew over there with my one and a half year old daughter. I was eight months pregnant with my second daughter and gave birth to her in Switzerland, um, which was mm. quite an adventure, <laughs> um, which there's a lot there in, in that, you know, to little time block. But then we ended up coming back to North America, played a few more years, and now we're living, quote unquote, a more normal life post hockey. So what made you decide to go over to Switzerland? Did you want to just get some experience kind of traveling and things like that? Yeah, I think, you know, my husband was really just exhausted mentally, physically, just from uh, the challenges with, you know, North American mm -hmm. hockey and his, the way he, you know, went about his career, he really established himself as a player, but it was, he was that one that was really swinging in between. Um, and it was becoming more difficult with us, with our one and a half year old daughter. And then we got pregnant. So we had always said we wanted to travel and explore out there. And it just felt like a really good time to tap into that opportunity. Um, it wasn't necessarily something we were um, putting feelers out there for. Somebody had actually come to us out of the blue, um, a team in Switzerland, and, and had given him an offer. And it was kind of one of those things that catches you off guard, but you're like, okay, why yeah. not? Like, now's the time. Let's do it. I heard that's an amazing place to play. And then you said you were pregnant going into it, eight months pregnant. So were you nervous about going and giving birth there and just being so far along. Yeah. I was super nervous. I mean, the flight was disastrous because no. with one, a one and a half year old, that's such a tough age. They just want to mm -hmm. run around. Um, and I was by myself eight months pregnant, but you know how it is when you've lived this life, even if it's just for a couple of years, you just kind of like, you have this other level of strength. You just like find your way. So as nervous as I was, I was like, well, I I'm going to figure it out. There's no other way. Um, but it was, it was tough when we were there. The city was beautiful. Uh, it was an incredible place to play for him um, and for us to live. However, there was only one other import on the team at that time. And um, the team was, was delightful, but there wasn't a lot of other girlfriends or wives, um, never mind the few that 
didn't speak English. So the one other North American couple ended up, he got a career ending concussion and they ended up leaving after mm -hmm. a couple of months. So then I was just there with nobody, like no social outlet, which when you're about to give birth and you have a daughter at home, it's just really hard. You know, you just feel very disconnected and alone. Um, but, you know, I will say the hospitals there, it was an experience. It's, it, you feel like you're in a spa. It's, it's, it, it is exactly what, what I heard from other hockey wives who had given birth there. It's, it's like this magical experience. Oh, so you did have an amazing experience. So what was the hospital like? Yeah. Like my birth, giving birth in Switzerland was like the highlight of me living there, <laughs> believe it or not. No it was, way. That's oh, amazing. It, it was amazing. I mean, the doctors, just the way it, everything just feels so relaxed and comfortable. And, and they're just, they're just so amazing at how they, um, just like their bedside manner and made me feel so welcome. But then when you go to the hospital, it doesn't look like a hospital. It literally looked like what you see in the movies of one of those like really uh, like boutique resorts, like there's waterfalls and it's the sanctuary. And so you walk in the halls and the same thing you didn't, I never felt that hospital feel. And so when I was there, if you have a natural birth, they keep you there for about five days. And this was several, this was in 2015. So I don't know if things have changed since then, but you're there for five days. And if you have any difficulties or a C-section, they keep you there for like 10 days or longer. But the thing is, is they're just, they're just pampering you. Like the meals were incredible. They're just everything. I would just walk the halls with my newborn and just like this waterfalls going, it was really <laughs> like surreal experience. But I would say if anyone is thinking about giving birth overseas, I would say Switzerland's definitely on the list of one of a, a pretty incredible experience for sure. Yeah. And you had your first daughter in Toronto and then second in Switzerland. So if you had to go back and do it again, would you choose Switzerland over where you had your daughter? I would, if only I could like bring it here a little bit closer to home, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like 100%. Yeah. Yeah. It, of course it was great in Toronto. Cause then my sisters and my, my mom was able to come up and visit and my, my sister-in-law and brother-in-law. So, you know, just, it's like very different situations, but yeah, I mean, in terms of just the birthing experience and all of that, I'd say Switzerland was for sure top the charts. I gave birth in Austria and I have nothing to really compare it to. So that was kind of my experience, but I think it got a little bit gypped just because of COVID that it was different oh, than right. what it would have been maybe normally, because usually I hear that if, you know, girls have one child in the U S or Canada versus Europe, they always choose Europe. But for me, I was like, Oh gosh, I think my next one will be in the U S. So it is interesting, interesting how different people's experiences are, but I will say that I heard Switzerland is like an amazing place to give birth. That's I've heard nothing but good things. Yeah. Yeah. Same. And, and before we had gone there, I had heard that. So I was like, okay, I'm taking your word for it. And it really, it really was, it was, it was magical. Yeah. So you had, you headed back to the U S Canada for, to finish your husband's career. And you mentioned that you had some roadblocks and challenges just being a hockey wife and trying to balance your career. What was that like for you? You know, it was actually really difficult. Um, when I throughout university, I was just one of those incredibly ambitious businesswoman. I couldn't wait to graduate and just build up my career and go move to the big city. And, um, of course I met Trevor and I chose love, which like zero regrets. It was the best decision I could have ever made. However, I, I carried that with me every year. And a lot of, I think hockey wives or girlfriends can relate that in that first year or two, when you first start to travel with your boyfriend or husband, you almost, it's really fun at first. Cause you're like, Oh, great. Like this is, you know, it, it's a fun lifestyle, but then you almost 
reach a point where you lose sense of yourself in some way. You're like, okay, I need to do something. I need, even if it's a hobby or even if you want to just start working out and just doing you. Um, so I feel like I, I, I hit a low, I think our second year in, because again, I was so career driven and it's really difficult to establish a career when you're constantly changing zip codes and trying to lie on your resume to say like, oh, I'm here long-term. <laughs> I, I really am. And which has happened. Um, yeah. But, you know, so that was certainly a challenge. We've talked about this in previous episodes before as well, but you totally feel like you have to kind of pretend that you're staying somewhere in order to get a job. Because typically I feel like if an employer knows that you're not going to be there for very long, then they're not going to be as inclined to hire you. Even if you have the qualifications and experience to do an amazing job, which makes it really hard. And it is a little bit discouraging. You know, you've gone to school for this and you're, you are wanting to work, but sometimes you really don't have that option. So it can be, it can be frustrating. It can be. And there was two summers where I actually stayed by myself where we were living. It was so uncomfortable. And I still like feel those feelings like it like brings me right back. But I same situation. I got this like incredible job, but I didn't say we were moving. I was like, we're here long term. You get, you know, you get good at that whole story. And um, but my, you know, like salary was great and I was really loving the job. And so I don't know. I was just like, I'm going to stay. So my husband actually flew back to Vancouver. Um, and we had a great relationship and I'm like, let me, let me try this out and see if I can stick through the summer and then you'll come back in the fall. So I ended up moving in with these two strangers, really sweet girls into their apartment. And like, it was just so strange, you know, you're in this like city in the middle of nowhere with this job. And then I think after a month or two, it never lasted long. Cause you're just like, okay, at the end of the day, like, I'm not, I'm not here because of my job. Like I need to be with my, like, I'm doing this with you. Let's just like journey this together. And I think what worked in my favor over time was kind of the evolution of um, like more virtual working. And so a lot of opportunities started to pop up where, um, you know, I could do a lot of my marketing and, um, you know, creative branding virtually. So that was, that's kind of when I started to dip my toes in and I was able to really start to build my business. Yeah. And I feel like it is hard to like having to decide sometimes do I want to take this amazing opportunity or do I want to be with the person that I love? And you really shouldn't have to decide between those two things because it feels unfair, you know? It does. Yeah. Yeah. And absolutely. I, and at the end of the day, obviously you want to be with your significant other because I don't know about you, but long distance for me was not fun. And I was a psycho. Awful, <laughs> awful, miserable. I don't know why I was fooling myself. And we actually tried it twice. It was like, no, we got it this time. We're going to be, this is going to be great. And then like by week one, like we're just arguing and I'm like freaking out and <laughs> we're like, okay, yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah. Glad I'm not alone. Cause I think it's easy to like pick those fights too, when you're apart because you just miss each other and want to be together, you know, but. Oh, oh, it's man. the worst. But then you're almost like mad at them. Like anytime you just, you find these reasons, like it's so easy to just like flip your switch. Cause you're just, yeah. I mean, it's just <laughs> exactly <laughs> like it's crazy. So you mentioned that you got breast implants. How long after you had your daughters, did you get them? Yeah. So I, my second daughter was about six months old and I decided to get them in and just kind of to preface that decision, you know, I grew up really small breasted. I was an athlete. And so I really had a lot of self-confidence issues and I didn't feel 
super feminine. Um, and, but I will say this, and I'm not saying this just because my husband might listen to this and, but in all honesty, I'm so grateful. Like he just loves my body in itself, but you know, when you have those body image issues, it's internal and there's no one else that can like mm-hmm. validate or change that. And so after my second daughter, my body transformed even more. Um, and of course in the hockey social networker, at least mine at the time, I had a few friends who had had them in and it's like, it seems like an easy solution, you know? So yeah, I had decided to get them in. I think it was 2016. I'm really excited to hear about this journey because I actually didn't even know that you could get sick from this. So you mentioned that you got ill three months after you got them and it was really hard and challenging and debilitating. So will you just tell me a little bit about what that experience was like for you? Yeah, for sure. It was really strange. About three months after I got them in, um, I remember the first symptom was vision, vision problems, which I've never had. I have perfect vision. Um, But I was actually having severe light sensitivity where it got to the point that I was wearing sunglasses like in the house if like the blinds were open and I ended up going in and out of, um, you know, eye doctors, neurologists, and just trying to determine like, is there, what's the underlying issue, but everyone was scratching their heads and you just don't, you know, it's easy to find other excuses. Oh, it's my birth control or it's this. And then on top of that was, um, memory loss and brain fog. I just, I wasn't feeling sharp anymore. And now when I look back, I can identify it as like that brain fog feeling. Um, and then over time, over the course of three to four years, it evolved into on and off like autoimmune diseases, on and off Graves disease, um, debilitating joint pain. Like I couldn't bend my index finger all the way, um, Mm. panic attacks, heart palpitations. Um, and it really like every city we lived in, you should see the list of doctors that I'd be in and out of, um, very strange infections that like wouldn't heal bizarre. And again, same thing. No one could like fully understand why I was a very healthy person. I ate well, I was very, um, you know, into like fitness and all those things. But, um, it was until I spoke with a friend who knew of someone who had breast implant illness. And when I was sharing my journey with her, she's like, that sounds very similar to, you know, this friend that I know. And when I started to research breast implant illness, you kind of, I don't know if anyone's heard of it, who's listening, but at first you're kind of like, is this, is this really a thing? Is it just like this mental thing? And so I kind of had that initial experience with it when I I heard of it, but then as time, a couple months went on and I was digging deeper in the research and hearing these stories of these other women, it was all of the dots were connected. Um, And that's when uh, 2020 was my worst year. Um, I was sleeping with heating pads. My daughters would like see me crying all the time. I was just like, I felt like I was dying. Like my body was just like, it was, it was awful. It was debilitating. Um, so I did opt for the explant procedure, um, earlier this fall. Wow. First of all, I feel like that would be so scary to have all of those symptoms and just kind of come like one after the other and not really knowing like what the root of the problem was. So when you say breast implant illness, what exactly causes that? So when you think of it, and now that I, I have so much knowledge on it, it's, it's very obvious, but I mean, these breast implants, whether it's saline or whether it's the silicone, they're filled with a lot of toxic chemicals. And you can easily Google that and find the lists online. It's, I mean, it, it's shocking when you actually see that. And 
your immune system, you know, when those are in your body, these foreign objects that are filled with chemicals, your body's going to like fight against them and your immune system's going to fight against it. And not only that, but those chemicals are going to eventually start to leak and kind of get into your bloodstream and whether or not you have a rupture, a ruptured implant or not. Um, and so, you know, the more research I've done, it's just your body absorbing a lot of those chemicals and your immune system kind of counteracting them all at the same time. So that's why there's just like this wide spectrum of symptoms because it's just, you know, they're, they're just, they're toxic. Is this something that's common? It is becoming so common. That's, it's mind blowing every day. I mean, between celebrities and Mel Robbins who I follow, I mean, you're just left and right. It's just be, the awareness is growing and it's growing so quickly. And it's so, I don't really know the word of that feeling, but it just like, it's so great to see people speaking out and sharing their stories because it's like, okay, yes, I'm not crazy. Like we, it is such a real thing. And there's so many of us who, you know, can relate and, um, and it's, it's a very serious thing. And yeah, it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. And I will say just to kind of follow up on that is a lot of the stories that you hear once you get the explant that women are like, oh my gosh, you know, a few days later, I felt like a hundred percent, my symptoms never came back. That is so real. And it's, it's actually incredible. Like by day two of having them out, like the whites in my eyes and the color of my face, like I actually had like light, like pink cheeks again. I didn't realize mm. I had lost like coloring in my face, like bizarre things. And to this day, not a single symptom has come back. So knock on wood, um, but it's pretty <laughs> wild. What? was your biggest fear while that was happening before you kind of started to piece the puzzle together of what the problem was? Quite honestly, I'm, I'm an overthinker and I get very scared of cancers and things like that. So, um, and you know, to stay off Google, but I have a hard time with that. Um, my, my younger sister actually, um, uh, she's over five years, she's almost six years cancer free, but she had some rare ovarian cancer, which really sparked, um, a lot of my, I don't want to call it paranoia, but just like awareness of different toxins in your life and how to avoid them and just have a clean body. Um, but also, you know, it's just something that always kind of sticks in your mind. So I was fearful of that. Like, well, if these doctors don't have answers, then maybe it's something like way more serious than I'm aware of, but um, we definitely found the answer. Oh, I'm so happy for you. And gosh, you. I just can't even imagine how scary that would have been because I'm the same as you. And like, if there's just something minor that's wrong, I feel like I'm on the internet and it's really easy to kind of go down like a rabbit hole. From that, you founded your brand. So will you tell me a little bit about that? Yes. So I'm the founder of Love Lexi. And so Love Lexi stemmed from after my explant and, you know, even, even a couple of weeks leading up to my explant, I was looking and ordering bras from every brand out there. Um, trying to find something that was very sexy and beautiful and feminine that would just make me feel very confident after the explant, knowing that I'd be going back to like a very, 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 very small size. Um, and I just knew that I'd want something in my wardrobe that like felt special. And when I put it on, like I felt amazing. And as I was ordering bra after bra and returning and returning, I wasn't finding what I was looking for. And that's how these things happen. Right. I mean, I've I've had a marketing agency prior to this for the last six to seven years. And so I never thought I would be in this industry, which is crazy, <laughs> but um, I've learned so much and yeah, we're, I'm launching a direct to consumer bra line. It's starting as bras will eventually evolve into some other things for double A to C cup women. And it's going to, um, you know, really 
serve women between those cup sizes uh, who are looking for something that makes them feel good, sexy and confident, but also something that they can wear all day long. Because what's the point of having something like beautiful in your underwear drawer that you can't wear for more than 20 minutes because it's like incredibly uncomfortable. So <laughs> um, yeah, it's an exciting time. I mean, things are progressing. It's pretty awesome. I love that. That is amazing. And, you know, just taking your experience and what you went through and, and turning it into a passion is so inspiring. What would you say is like your biggest message from everything that you've gone through? Like how has your body confidence changed throughout this whole experience? Oh my God. It's everything. Even just when you say that, like my eyes water, like I get goosebumps. It's such, it's like, so in my soul. And I think being a mom of two younger daughters, it like, it's that much more important to me and that much more powerful for me to be able to like spread this awareness and create this message and have my girls grow up in a space that they can just learn to appreciate their bodies. And so my biggest message out there is just that, I mean, of course, body inclusivity, right? Every shape and size is beautiful. Um, But I really, my focus is that women with smaller breasts are sexy and feminine and beautiful and all of those things and, and having them embrace their bodies in their true form and knowing that again, all shapes and sizes are beautiful. And I think in the generation that I grew up in, um, you know, you had a lot of that. I don't want to use names, but Victoria's secret marketing and just those Mm -hmm. images of what beautiful and sexy is supposed to look like. And I'm just thrilled that I'm going to be able to create a space and just such a positive message for my girls as they grow up. And obviously to all the women who are out there now. Yeah, that's so amazing. And a question just popped into my head, but you were going through all of this probably during the hockey season, right? Well, the health issues. Yes. But I will say we just, we, we have been out of hockey for a little over a year now, actually almost two years, which is crazy to say. So my husband, he's in real estate development. So we, we luckily weren't in the midst travel and contracts and that like July 1st (laughs) craziness, we've been pretty settled down. Um, So I've just been doing my work here and he's been off doing his, but no hockey wasn't in the mix during the procedure, if that's what you're asking. Well, just with all the symptoms coming on and things like that and just not knowing. Yeah. Sorry. That was kind of a confusing question. (laughs) No, that's okay. Yes. 100%. The symptoms started when we were on the road, which was really difficult. Oh my gosh. And, And then trying to like trying to bring all of your medical documents into one place and trying to remember which doctor you saw in what city. I yeah. mean, it was chaos and it was also difficult because then it takes time to find the really good doctors when you're in a new city too. So yeah, it was really, it was difficult. It was challenging for sure. And I feel like even just being away from your family and friends while you're going through that must've been really hard. Did you find that you had support within the hockey community or did you feel like you were kind of alone through that time? You know, I kind of did, but I was really, I kept my health issues kind of private. I mean, I think some of them knew when I would have nights that I wouldn't go out or I wouldn't show up to certain games, but I would really kind of keep it behind closed doors. I mean, I had some close friends during those last four to five years when those symptoms had started. Um, But I really, I mean, my family all knew, and I think I just used them as my support system and just tried to keep my hockey world, almost like my escape from it. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, you know, like, so it just, so I could really just pull myself away from it and not feel like I had to be addressing the health, health issues at all times. So, yeah. And how did your husband take all of that happening? Oh, he's so great. I mean, he's just, he's one of the most supportive guys in this world. I'm just so grateful. He's just been, 
I mean, always just trying to help me find the right doctors. And he never, I don't know, he never at any point made me feel like I was overthinking anything. I mean, he was certainly concerned and he could see like the pain and that he could very visually see the physical, um, distress that it was causing on my body. And even with like the panic attacks and the anxiety too, which, um, was certainly part of that. So he was, he was incredibly supportive along the whole way. He was my rock. I wouldn't have gotten through all of that phase without him. Um, I mean, of course, never mind the procedure and then the after effects, but, um, yeah, he's, he was, he played a huge role in just keeping me on my feet. Yeah, I'm sure. I know it's so important to like, even though it's hard sometimes to ask for help or just to lean on people, I don't know what it is about women. Sometimes in general, we feel like we have to like have it all together or just like be a superhero, so to speak, you know, especially like when you have kids, you just want to do it all and try to stay positive, but sometimes it's just so hard. And I'm sure that was challenging for you again, just not knowing those answers. I feel like I keep like repeating the same thing, but I'm just, I totally can like emphasize with that because it's scary. Like there's so many things that you can read online, like now with the internet these days. And I'm just happy that you had such a good support system. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I had it where I needed it and I felt very supportive, but I remember so vividly showing up to some hockey games when I would be like fighting against it. Cause I'm like, I want my girls to see his game, you know, like where this is, this is short lived. Cause I, you know, you figured the symptoms were the worst in those last three years and my girls were old enough to enjoy the games. So I remember showing up to some games and I would wear like a baseball cap really low because my eyes would be super bloodshot and I'd be so just like ill and like have puffy eyes from crying. Cause I was so mm. sick that morning, but like, again, played that like superwoman, like, no, things are great, you know, and take the kids mm-hmm. to the game and it's all good. So it, it was a juggle, you know, but yeah, having that support system that I needed was everything. And where can people find your brand? So as of right now, uh, love Lexi, I think has the most activity probably on Instagram. So I would definitely send all of you there who are interested, you know, just some, it's more of just inspiration right now, just to give you a little bit of a glimpse into the behind the scenes. We're in prototype phase, which we should be getting those soon. And um, the website and the brand and the products will be launching ideally in quarter three. So come that time, like end of summer, fall, we're still waiting on the, the exact date is when There'll be a website to go to, to shop. It's going to be stunning. I can't wait for you guys. To I'm, I'm telling you, like, there's so much, like, there's so much meticulous thought going into like every single detail. So I think, you know, that won't go unnoticed, but yeah, I'm excited. And, and what we call our community, which I think is just important to kind of put out there is I created a word called lovely, which stands for like beautifully small breasted, which again is, is a reach to the double A to C cup. You know, it, it's that whole, like that segment of, of sizing, but it's an alternative to the itty bitty titty committee because (laughs) I felt as a woman in my thirties with kids, like when I see other brands who use that messaging and I mean, I think it's a beautiful community for sure. But when I get like certain things in the mail and it would say that I I felt, I personally felt a little lack of like that empowerment through that, Mm. that name. So it's, so it really stemmed, you know, livelihood is, is our community. It's a livelihood. And, um, and I never thought of it that way that you know, what message that's sending. Right. Right. I know. I know. It's crazy. You'll have to keep me posted on when it comes out because I would love to reshare just for our hockey community to follow along. And of course I will tag it when your episode comes out as well. I know that you also have a marketing company and I would love to hear about that and just how you've kind of juggled that as well as your personal life. Yeah, actually, this will very much resonate with, I think, a lot of the ladies listening to this podcast. Um, I'm head of marketing at Torch Co., which 
Um, our platform is named Torch Pro, and it's essentially a sports media company that's inspiring greatness for the next generation. So we have a production team in-house, we're branding experts, we're ex-hockey players, and we're not only creating original content that is helping, you know, tell the stories and sharing incredibly valuable, you know, messages to the, to the consumer, whether it's drills, mindset, um, discipline, habits, um, again, just inspiring, entertaining stories, but it's simultaneously allowing us to build the brands of the athletes. So we're giving them a home on the platform. All of the right eyeballs are there to watch these athletes build their brands. And it's a safe place for them to do so because a lot of athletes and maybe some of your husbands can relate Instagram, a lot of these social media platforms are so saturated. It's just so busy. And a lot of athletes don't feel comfortable just turning the camera on their IG story and like talking into the camera. And there's a lot of pressure to build your brand in that space and really make an impact. So it's really, it, it's pretty incredible what we're doing and it's very exciting. And I've just, yeah, I, I do a lot of time blocking. I'm, I'm juggling both. And I think <laughs> um, time management is, is really, you have to be really um, just really efficient and consistent with how you schedule every single day and hour. Um, but I, I'm somehow, I'm making it work and I'm, I'm loving it. And it's, it's very exciting. We actually just launched um, a little over a week ago. So yeah, things are, things are moving along. It's awesome. That's amazing. I will have to check that out. And what's the handle for that? It's yeah. So on Instagram or on a lot of the social channels, it's torch pro. Um, okay. But the website is torchpro.com and users can sign up for free. So you can just put your email in. And then once you do that, you have access to all of the content we have on there. But at, you know, every couple of days we're dropping new content and that's only going to the frequency is going to increase as the weeks go on and we continue to film with different athletes. So um, there's always fresh content going on there and it's, it's really awesome. So I highly recommend you go and take a check on it. It's awesome. That's so cool. So do you have like other hockey wives and girlfriends that work for that company or is it primarily hockey players? Um, you know, it's primarily hockey players. Matt Fornatero is, um, he's one of the co-founders and him and I have been friends. We actually knew each other at UNH. Um, me and his wife are very close. Our kids are best friends. We live in the same town and we actually um, played hockey with them again after UNH in Norfolk. It was so crazy, but we ended up like crossing paths again and playing on the same team. So Matt had this idea many years ago and me with my marketing background and my agency at the time, he would kind of bounce these ideas off of me. And I don't know, we just like stayed in touch about it. And it was one of those inevitable things that just, we just like meshed our powers together and we started to build out our team and um, it's incredible. Now we have a team of over 12 people and some really incredible, brilliant minds and, um, you know, content creators. And it's, it's, it's awesome to see like where it started, like that little seed and what it's, mm -hmm. what it's grown into. It's incredible. Is that something that could be an opportunity for someone in the future? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think what's very unique about our team is there's, um, many of us on the team who have that experience of actually like living the hockey life, whether you're the actual player or in my case, you know, just like went along with the journey and you know what these athletes go through. And so it's just, it adds this mm -hmm. other element, I feel of, of a lot of value that not everyone can say they have. So I think absolutely, we're always keeping our eyes open. So if anyone is listening to this and thinks they have, you know, they're, they're curious about anything. I don't know at the time. I mean, in these phases of business, right? Like we're, we're constantly evolving and growing, which is really exciting actually mm -hmm. for us. So 
I mean, something could open up as early as next week. That's awesome. Especially just like with everything going on right now with COVID, I feel like a lot of people kind of had to retire either unexpectedly or, you know, people are always having to retire because of just unforeseen (laughs) circumstances that this hockey world can bring as we all know. Exactly. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. The benefits of a digitally a digital business during COVID is certainly, um, works in our favor. Yeah. And your husband had a really long hockey career and you said that he retired last year. How has that transition been for him, for you, for your family? Yeah, I'd say it it feels like a year. This time has flown by. I think it's actually been like two years now, but he, I was really concerned like that year leading up to it. Cause you know, you see what they've gone through and what, how hard they've worked and they've trying to been accomplishing something for, you know, that amount of time, even whether it's for a couple of years or whether it's for 10 years, whatever that number is, you've seen them kind of go through that grind mentally and physically. And so I was, I wasn't sure what that transition would be like and how he would do and what job he's going to get after. But I will say he was ready. He was very mentally ready and physically ready. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got, he got very lucky because um, a former uh, hockey player, had retired a few years before him and got into business with his dad um, in this real estate development company. So Trevor, again, just had the luxury of kind of stepping out of hockey and got, you know, swooped right up into this business, which he's just so passionate about. So it's again, just a a really great situation that he's in. Um, And he's dealt with it good. I mean, it's really surprising. I don't know. I think he just, he, he was so ready that he's just, I I don't think there's really been a time that he's like, (laughs) been like really itching. Although I will say this, we did for the first time this summer, got the girls out like pond skating. Um, and he's been taking them to the the rink on Saturday mornings. Like it's his like daddy daughter time. And I will say that's like that the look I see on his face, Uh-oh. I haven't seen in a long time. <laughs> just like that. It's like that child in them, that like inner passion comes out and you can like see it again. Like, yeah. okay, he's in his prime right now. Like he's loving this. So, um, that's really cute to see, but he is, you know, I would say that it was, it was pretty smooth. It was pretty smooth. One day he's going to come home and be like, Meg, what do you think of one more year? Maybe just going back. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck, honey. Yeah. We'll zoom. We'll FaceTime. Yeah. We'll be here. And then we'll be arguing after a week and then (laughs) then I'll go out there. (laughs) Do you feel like that was challenging for you? Cause sometimes I feel like I hear it's like harder for the wives when their husbands retire. Yeah. You know what? I, I thought it was going to be like, I was really preparing myself. Cause I, again, I didn't know how he would be and I didn't, it was crazy, but I, I will say I was so wanting it for so long just for my career and, and just to get the girl settled in one place. So I think to see him so seamlessly transition into this new role, this company and see him happy doing that, then I was like, well, this is amazing. Cause then I can settle in and I'm happy doing what I'm doing. So it really, I mean, I feel grateful to say it was, it was smooth all around and, I think a lot, the most of the stress was like the year leading up to retirement with all the worry of like, what is it mm-hmm. going to be like? Um, yeah. You know, cause everyone has a different story, but even the, the wives that I do know who retired around the same time, I mean, everyone's kind of found their way and their new like way of life and, you know, jobs all around the spectrum, but you, it's, you know, everyone seems to be happy. You just, it's, I know for some, it can, it's not always easy and it's not always, um, you know, a fun transition, but you know, you just got to have faith in, in what's to come and just know that, and just know that things can always change too. Right. Like opportunities mm-hmm. sometimes are just like, they come out of the blue when you least expect it. And I've seen that happen with some, some hockey friends, which has been nice. So it's easy to 
kind of anticipate and have that worry because there is, I think a lot of men do struggle with retirement just with that, like what's next kind of step, you know? So I totally see that. Like you could be thinking it's going to be bad, but that's really encouraging to hear that it wasn't because I think that'll give some people a peace of mind that it might be okay for them, you know? Right. And I will, and I'll have to do another torch pro plug, but I say this because it's so personal to me, but you know, I saw the anticipation of retirement with my husband. I saw a lot of friends in our network that were retiring and the stresses that come with that. And what's so important today, I mean, in 2020, but even more so in 2021 is, is building your brand. And I think athletes are starting to realize how important that is because you don't have to have some like crazy story to tell. You know, we hear a lot of athletes like, I just like to play hockey and I like to video game and I like, but there's always like, there's always something more to it than that. And that's, what's really fun to see. We have actually um, some retired players coming onto the platform now because they're, you know, if you're able to build your personal brand and have eyeballs on you and have other brands on you, your opportunity to either network or have that evolve into something else is just tenfold you know, and it, it can take you long-term and that's why, you know, we're hoping and we, we can't wait for this to be that platform where hockey players can retire, like be on, be on torch pro as an athlete, but then retire and then still continue to grow and evolve no matter mm -hmm. what they're doing, because they've established that, that space. So this is not like, I don't mean to be <laughs> like torch pro, like in your face, but no, it's really, you're fine. that's exactly what we're trying to help solve with athletes. So that's so awesome. Well, thank yeah. you so much for coming on the podcast and just sharing your story about your businesses. I'm super excited to see them evolve. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was great to chat with you.